Hi everyone and welcome to Did You Watch The Race? The F1 podcast that looks at Formula One from the dual perspective of a longtime fan and a relatively new fan to the sport. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma and I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm Jason and I've watched F1 for the last 15 years or so. And I'm Colm and I've been watching F1 for about four years as well. Ahead of next weekend's race at Imola, the home of Ferrari, we'll be taking a look at the race predictions and fantasy points, as well as our fun games of fill-in-the-blank F1 headlines and of course F pun. Thanks to everyone who participated in our podcast audit on Instagram. It was great to get all your feedback. We'll definitely be trying to integrate all your suggestions into the podcast for the next little while and maybe we'll do that again after another 10 episodes or so. In fairness also, it was very uh, surprisingly positive feedback so thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I suppose we could start with Ricciardo's seat fitting at Faenza. Mm. Obviously stoking multiple rumours about both his future in the team and De Vries's future in the team. So apparently Red Bull have said that this was all a scheduled thing. It was always going to happen. That he was always going to be getting a seat fitted there for just... He's obviously a reserve driver for them as well. So it might have been scheduled in. But I feel like they could have got this out of the way earlier in the season if that was the case. So yeah, I think it could be also a bit of a, a tactic... Uh, mind games from Red Bull kind of just being like look I, I don't even know if it's directed at De Vries. I think it might be more directed at Checo better do it you're told oh, Checo oh good point no yeah. I think it's well Helmut Marko came out afterwards and said so I, in the light of the rumours they said we had no we had no plans for a place to freeze and then he came out a couple of days later and said yeah we've told che- <laughs> we've told Nick that he has three races to get his pace together and otherwise he's out yeah <laughs> I was, I was going to say well you can't believe anything Helmet says but then I was like actually no you can believe everything Helmet says yeah, yeah. yeah. he's very blunt I was going to say he used a football reference of that he gave De Vries a yellow card which seems like an unnecessary like layer of a sport analogy to the sport he's already in but yeah it's uh, it's an interesting no, yeah. he actually gave me a yellow card being like, <laughs> get your shit together yeah Could have. it's an interesting case because obviously De Vries isn't a Red Bull junior and he's coming into the Red Bull junior program so I think that's why we're seeing them being so ruthless about it Red Bull have always been pretty ruthless about dealing with their drivers but I think the fact that De Vries has come in from the Mercedes effectively the Mercedes Academy and that he's 28 and has a proven win record that, that he's doing so poorly they're just like here we, we have no reason to put up with you we brought you in because we thought you were going to be good we're not waiting for you to get good so yeah they're looking at that seat and saying here we could have half season of getting Lawson in there getting Awasa in there I think the reason Ricardo could be getting the shout is to compare Tsunoda to Ricardo because obviously Red Bull have a known quantity in Ricardo Tsunoda were still not convinced on either way they could be looking at Tsunoda being Checo's successor and it's like oh here we have six months to really put him through the ringer and say to him here's the, here's your chance to take this team the bull by the horns if you will for <laughs> the rest of the season so that's my theory that that's where they're coming from with it I don't know what he Red Bull are just so ruthless that it could I mean apart from Max Verstappen like no one is safe you're, you're only as good as your last race so I do agree that it could be a kind of blanket warning. I definitely think that obviously Yuki has been cut a lot of slack because he's had basically two years to mature. But then in saying that, I mean, DeVries is obviously a lot older and he's not been given the same kind of, what's the word, nurturing kind well, of he shouldn't. Atmosphere. He shouldn't get it. Like Shouldn't need it. No, he's a world champion in two different divisions in Formula 2 and Formula E. Do you think he deserves a bit of slack though, considering it's Formula 1 and it's different? Or do you think it's it's not an excuse? Like... 
to be honest, uh, on at the pace he's had at the minute, I think this is the bit of slack that he's getting. Right. I think if he was any worse, he would have already. I think Red Bull are saving face a little bit. That they don't want to kick him so early in the season. Yeah. But I would also assume that this implies there's more going on behind the scenes than just his poor pace. Like, we obviously don't get much of an eye into to teams around the place. They were definitely expecting him to come in and be the leader in that team, given his experience, and really push on development, stuff like that. And so he could be really bad at that kind of side of things he could be really hard to work with there could be any myriad of reasons behind the scenes that are both causing his poor performances and also leading into him maybe not being held around as long as he could be Yuki must be delighted though he looks so good in comparison yeah <laughs> so that, like that's what I mean isn't that that could be part of the reason that Red Bull are looking at us and they don't care Nick was only coming in that car for one year anyway realistically mm. so they could be looking at this and just saying we don't really we can't rank Tsunoda off this they want to get somebody in that car that they can yeah that's absolutely fair speaking of rumours there's also one buzzing around at the moment that the Williams team principal James Vowles has been talking to Toto and Toto has been trying to convince him to replace Logan Sargent with Mick Schumacher potentially which is interesting even if there's not a lot of water to it because it's all apparently allegedly yeah I I, I don't buy that much into that like why would why would Toto be trying to pawn Mick off on Williams I think that's a good term pawn him off yeah um, <laughs> yeah look I think Toto's trying to look like the good guy in this scenario and saying oh we tried to get Mixie and now in fairness Toto has worked with drivers and ex-drivers before like he worked with Ocon to get a seat he worked with Bottas to get a seat before they left Mercedes family so I can see him sticking his neck out for his drivers but I don't really see the benefit in getting Mick into that other than it's money and sponsorships that's why Logan's there is it, oh, I didn't know Logan had the yeah well, he's the American coming in so he's bringing in a bit of sponsorship money and I know he's like obviously one apart from him and Nick I think are the two still who don't have any points is he doing that badly no I think and you see this is again where Nick is getting ranked more aggressively because he has so much experience in it Logan is still only 22 I don't think he'll go that far in the sport but I don't think Mick Schumacher will either so may as well give somebody else a, a spin out yeah I think we'll definitely it's not the last we've seen of Mick anyway so if not this year maybe in the next year or two you'll probably see him back uh, he just slips into he's good for PR but he's not really good for much else (laughs) (laughs) there's a it's kind of hard to I think it's hard to get in the door at this stage there's so many people trying to get into F1 and there's so many drivers that have been out like Daniel Ricciardo still Mm. trying to get a seat so it's hard to pit yourself against people that have kind of proven themselves I don't know if Mick will have another chance to come back like he might I don't think he won't, but like, also from his point of view, I don't know if he's enjoying it. Like, I think he only wants to be there because his dad was there. Ah, uh, uh, no, I don't know. I think he definitely wants to be there for himself. Like, and that's why he raced under his mother's maiden name up until F3. So then that, that was when he changed Schumacher when he got in, kind of to the, the big leagues. He wanted to try and get there without ah, okay, as yeah. much of that as possible, you know? But I just don't think he has it. I don't think he has the outright pace. When he hit F3, he was like, now, now I need to use this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And th- But that is the, the joke that is in, yeah, he was an F3 champion, he was an F2 champion, but they were both in the best teams in both F3, F2. They weren't the most experienced or the best grades and both times were in his second season in F3 and F2. So there was the argument of, oh, he just needs a season to get used to the sport. And then he had two seasons in F1 and never really showed any progression to me. You know, obviously the Haas was not a great car either years, but I think there are better drivers out there. Yeah, I don't think he had a terrible... No, he had a very mediocre... But F1 is so cutthroat that like there's no time to mature or grow into it. In fairness, if he didn't have the name, I don't know if you would notice him as much. 
100%. Like, you know, oh, he came no. into the sport and then did the way he done. You'd be like, oh yeah, he's gone now. Actually, one more thing. I would, I would wonder if Mick did get a good car and he was there, like he's has the money. Would he be more comparable to Lance Stroll? I know Lance has been around a long time and he's got a lot more experience. He's driving well, but like if you're looking at him this year, like he just doesn't have the pace to keep up with Alonso. Uh, I think Lance is comparatively a better driver still. Yeah, I'd take Lance my team over Mick, regardless of money. Yeah, yeah, but because he's had more experience, no. Like, no, like, even no, in his first couple of start. seasons, he pulled out a few great performances. Like he, like he got podium in his second year in a Williams. Now that was a lot better for Williams than we know we would modernly know. No, he's pulled out big performances steadily enough throughout his career once a season or whatever that have always proved he has it. I think one of the things that's impacted Lance a lot lately is that we've had very little actual wet weather running. He's a really good wet weather driver, and we've barely actually ran in a in a wet race in ages. So if we get one this weekend, in theory, in Imola it's meant to be raining I was going to say that's a perfect segue to the next little tidbit of news is that there was obviously a lot of flooding in the area last week with all of the storms now there is a potential storm warning for the Saturday so it might rain for qualies which would be very exciting Stroll if you're listening (laughs) this is your time to shine Mick's coming for your seat (laughs) <laughs> heard it here first is it have they talked much about like if it's threatening the actual weekend or is it just gonna rain a lot i there was whisperings of the fact it could threaten the weekend but i don't think the storm warnings are strong enough as in the flooding is as bad as it is going to be that's yeah, the yeah. consensus that i've read it could end up though it being an interesting if they end up having to shuffle around the weekend so that the two alternatives if qualifying gets cancelled is that they use the times from fp3 so sometimes you can see teams absolutely going hammer and tongs in fp3 if they think the race the quality will be cancelled but that's exciting or they could also run the quality on sunday morning and either shift the race an hour later and run quality in the morning time or in and around there so it can throw up an upset depending on how wet gets but i think once they once they get through q1 that's that's then your your quality yeah so it just needs to start basically you need 15 minutes of good weather or relatively good weather yeah it makes quality interesting though because you tend to have the cars will get out onto track straight away and stay out they'll fuel for the full 18 minutes drive because intermediate tires can last for so long and the full wets even they will just get out and drive basically the whole way through quality so at least we get to see a bit of action how many sets of tires do they get for the weekend well great question column I'm glad you asked. So for this race and for Silverstone, Pirelli are introducing new revised rules for tyre usage to give it a trial. So firstly, the tyres will be reduced from 13 dry sets to 11. And for qualies, all cars starting in Q1, so all 20 ideally, will start on hards. Anyone who makes it through to Q2 will start on mediums. And then anyone who makes it through to Q3 can start on softs, which is kind of shit for the mid to backfield because obviously like but your Alfa Romeos your Williams they want their softs you know in Q1 because that's their best chance and now they're all going to have to compete on hards it seems a little unfair to the midfielders so overall then drivers will have access to three sets of hards four mediums and four softs so the wets are unchanged wets are unchanged this scheme is basically being introduced by Pirelli to stop the amount of tyres being produced so basically it's kind of what I interpret it is as it's ticking a box for reducing carbon emissions. So according to Pirelli, the scheme will save apparently two tyre sets per car per weekend, which would then become a total of 46 sets per season. And then it will save a thousand tyres, apparently. So this is the idea behind yeah well that will massively because do you know like as in what happens to tyres after a race? 
I actually don't. No. So they get basically shredded and recycled into other tires. Because of the competitive nature of this, they have to have basically every tire needs to be perfect. They can't bring a set to even if it's a say a C three tire, if they bring that to Imola and then they're like, Oh, we're using that Monaco sure we'll bring the same one anyway, it will have gone off by a week and then one of the teams can be like, Oh hey, you haven't given us an exact tire. The tires are all meant to be manufactured, shipped, everything the same for each team every week. So they make all the tires for a race weekend and then destroy all of the used and unused tires. That's mental. Yeah, unused. and it's yeah. Every every tire gets destroyed. Why they, each tire has a, a lifetime of that weekend. If it's not used, it gets destroyed. It's also to protect their IP as well. And what's their IP? Sorry, their intellectual property. Yeah, like Pirelli's intellectual property. Yeah, like them tires are probably the most advanced tires in the world. Yeah, but can you not just ship them in with the rest of the confidential equipment? Yeah, but if they don't get taken away by Pirelli at the end of the weekend, they don't know where it's going. So that's why I remember like the teams aren't going to use them. So like they're going to get binned, and they're just kind of left somewhere. I know there's more than obviously three tire compounds, but I don't understand why you would bin them because surely that tire compound will be used again at some point. But that's what I'm saying, the competitive nature of it, where if that tire has been sitting around for two weeks. Oh, it will degrade. As opposed, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it won't have the exact performance of all the other tires they hand out. So they can't be found out to be given one team weak old hard tires, you know, or weak old wet tires. Past ah, its best okay. before date. It's yeah. so wasteful, isn't it? Oh, massively wasteful. And that's obviously why they're trying to do this. So I think fair play. And hopefully it improves. It would also make it a bit more interesting strategy-wise. I think it's fair play, but I think also you're aware of this. I think me and Gemma are more angry now. (laughs) Yeah. We weren't aware of the waste beforehand. Yeah. And now I'm even more annoyed. No, Uh, I'm pretty sure like a portion gets recycled back into tires again but still there's the massive yeah, yeah. massive amounts of energy and the process like sure look if we're really getting into the nuts and bolts of everyone like we're <laughs> it's not the most sustainable sport to follow so like, no. we can't get that angry that's yeah. why mercedes had to get special clearance in 2021 for remember when bottas's wheel wouldn't come off in the pit stop oh, oh yeah. yeah they had to get special clearance to bring that car back to the factory as it was pirelli weren't going to be happy with that wow that's mad yeah, it's staying on tire news. We have word from Pirelli this week as well that they're looking at changing the structure of the tire from Silverstone to keep up basically with the additional downforce of this the year. cars this year. Yeah, they're obviously in their own data and testing up until now. They've seen issues that may arise, will arise when we hit higher downforce tracks. So they're trying to get ahead of that and bring them in at Silverstone. This is interesting because Silverstone almost always gets used for tire testing. No, not tire testing necessarily, but tire construction changes. And the last time this happened was in 2013, where we were having a fantastic season up until the tire change and then Red Bull won every race and by we you mean Mercedes Uh, no well them too yeah but uh, just F1 overall was having a decent season and then it just Vettel went on one of the most dominant runs in the history of the sport and won every race after they changed the tire (laughs) constructions so that was the same back then as well they weren't aiming to change the actual grip surface of it which is the same as what they're trying to do this year they're just trying to change the actual physical construction of the tire so they don't degrade as much on the no, high it, it's, or just it's nothing to do with the degradation yeah it's to do with the actual structure of the tire so they're looking to ensure that there's no failures a la Max and Stroll, Stroll in Baku that time a few years ago yeah. yeah fair so but the tires are one of the most important parts in the car and it's part that none of the teams design they're the only component in the car that touches the ground gives traction they're also the first component in the suspension system as in they're the first thing to give a bit of bounce and movement yeah so cars can just react differently to them so we could see a bit of a shake-up from silverstone on up and down the field 
Right, we're going to have a quick rundown of the Grand Prix for this weekend. So we're obviously back in Imola, thankfully. We are finally back Woo! to an actual racetrack where we can see the cars Yay. in the environment they're built for. Boo, want red flags. Red flags. Well, still, it's, it, this is, so Imola is quite an old style track, so you will still have red flags because it's not just up to the safety standards of other newer ones. Brilliant. So, yeah, we might still see a few yeah. red flags. Imola is quite a high speed track, obviously a lot of medium speed turns and then the one long straight with the main kink left in it. We're obviously looking like we're going to have a wet weekend I would assume Hopefully. we've had a lot of rain in the lead up to this so there will be the track will be fairly fresh but there is full a full sports schedule for this weekend so we'll have F2 F3 and Porsche Super Cup so it, we won't have as much of an issue as we had in Miami of the rain washing messing up the track but so when you have those three disciplines on the track as well over the weekend it really limits the damage that rain can do overnight as opposed to Miami where we had none of that so that should help the teams a little bit going over the weekend in terms of strength I would say Aston Martin will actually be uh, outside of Red Bull Aston Martin will be who I would be tipping for the, the third place again this weekend I think this track will really suit their strength and also if we're looking at a wet weather weekend I think that will also suit the strength of their car and I would hope that that brings Strolls into a little bit Strolls so, as a whopper wet weather driver here's a question just for the strength of the cars I haven't been paying a massive amount of attention I, like I don't think I could make predictions about what car would suit what track at the minute obviously besides Red Bull and their straight length speed but other, other than Red that Red Bull are just fast yeah 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 I feel very stupid being like cars go fast so like if you want to break it down now if there's an opportunity to say which cars suit what tracks and reasons why it doesn't have to go into master detail just like no quick. yeah so obviously you're right so red bull are just very strong everywhere aston martin are strong in the medium speed to low speed turns they're they're losing out quite a bit in the high speed not as much in my after miami actually so anything high speed that uh, leans a little bit away from aston martin ferrari have decent high-end speed but they're struggling with tire wear so I kind of was more like why so like they're good at the low end speed corners is, is it because their brakes aren't like other teams have better brakes than them in the high end speed corners or no like, it's down to downforce and efficiency of downforce so okay yeah the, yeah so they are ha- they clearly have a, an issue with drag at the upper end of the speed limit so drag is obviously it's a squared coefficient so the higher faster you get the more of an effect uh, la, la. nerd yeah <laughs> so they obviously just have they have an issue with their top end speed so that's what's limiting them so yeah like whenever I make a prediction it's a it's a rough rule of thumb of having watched the cars and knowing the tracks and knowing the tracks as well yeah so like you look at their top speed their ability in kind of the low to mid speed corners tyre wear is a really big one so that, that'll change a lot track to track I think that's one that I have noticed from teams but yeah, other than that, exactly yeah. yeah and then just consistency of drivers so Ferrari's just fucked all around then yeah <laughs> well they have a fast car that has no ability to manage tyres like that's why they've always been relatively there thereabouts in qualifying but yeah. cannot string a race together because they're either managing their tyres for too long or they're team mistakes or inconsistent yeah, drivers yeah exactly yeah 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 I think, yeah, so obviously looking at last year's race as well, there wasn't a huge pile of overtaking once the DRS got turned on. Well, you could be looking at a few DRS trains up and down. I'm looking forward to it. I think Imola is always a good track. It's just, it's a nice historic track to see. It's one of my favourite tracks driving the game as well. It's a real, you get what you put into it. There's a lot of corners that are very hard to judge the balance of curbs first like we seen McLaren last year obviously getting thrown over the curbs just trying to eke that last second out so there's a lot of risk reward parts on the track which is what you get in these kind of older style tracks it's um, there's some beautiful flowing sections there's a couple of okay overtaking spots overall it's not a big overtaking track now that's more down to the bigger cars that we have this year than previous years 
But yeah, I think it's shaping up to be a pretty decent race. And especially with a bit of wet weather, we could see anyone up the top. I'm looking forward to it anyway. Oh, oh, anyone except Rebel are definitely going to be top. We'll have to see how that car behaves in the rain. Um, That's right, actually. We haven't seen it in the rain. So I'd imagine it'll be fine, but like... One thing that they don't... They, they, uh, Martin Brundle actually usually brings it up, but the wet weather tires are actually a larger diameter than the dry tires. Are they? So they lift the car slightly. Oh. So there's no guarantee... Why is that to keep it the same mass as the rest of the tires? No, it's to it's to lift the car literally clear of the water so they don't aquaplane on the plank. Okay. As remo- in to give additional clearance on the ground. Okay. So, but lifting that, so I think the, with the intermediates, it could be 15 mil higher and with the full wets, it could be 20 mil. I, I, I'm not exactly sure on the amounts, but it, it's a... It's enough that it can really affect cars. So Red Bull obviously are very slow, low slung to the ground. They've really kind of, that's the core of their concept. So we don't know how that car could behave. Now, I could be completely incorrect and every other car could suffer even more, but... Yeah, something similar is, to the DRS effect. As in like when, yeah, when they yeah, exactly. them under. But it just throws that, that into yeah. it. Do we have any wacky predictions for the weekend? I'm going to come out straight away and say it. Uh, stroll on pole. What? Yeah, I think, I think like, stroll. He, if, if we have a wet Saturday, we're going to have stroll on pole. I think he's saying that because of the conversation we had earlier. And he likes the rhyme. I, and that, yeah. I think that if it's raining, George could also do well. He's a great wet weather driver. Jason doesn't agree by the look on his face. No. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit. I'm going to say Charles is on pole. The Max is going to win the race. I'm going to say both Ferraris crash out. Yeah, I think that but, sounds more likely. <laughs> oh, no, no. In the race, yes. But yeah. for, for Quali, I'm going to say Charles will take pole. I think he's had so much bad luck. I know this is not how the world works, but statistically, <laughs> he has to have a good weekend at some point, right? You'd be such a terrible gambler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to win this time. So our F1 fantasy correspondent, Mick, has very kindly shared some tips for the upcoming race. So if you're looking to change anything about your fantasy team, now is the time. So thank you very much to Mick for doing this. We have the Red Bulls and the Aston Martin Green Bulls this weekend, but we may see the introduction of the Mercedes Petronas AMG Black Bulls. I think what Mick is trying to say is that Aston Martin are fast. Mercedes will also be fast soon. There's a major upgrade package coming for Merck and this could make Russell an interesting alternative to Perez if they can understand the upgrades and the exact pace that they want straight away. So if Perez is out of your reach financially in your team, that Russell might be a good alternative. Yuki Sonoda has been in the best form of his career so far and definitely look for him to be given it everything to score points at AlphaTauri's home race. Risk versus reward here are what we've seen with Yuki when he pushes past his limit on this track and he may wind up in the wall but you decide if it's going to be worth the risk last year's race we saw Norris and Bottas finish in the top five but this year Mick will be avoiding both of the McLarens and the Alfa Romeos as neither have shown much pace so far this year on a technical track like Imola which doesn't present a lot of overtaking options look for strong qualifiers like Hulkenberg and K-Mag or Gasly and Ocon who could sneak their way into strong points scoring positions and have a better chance of staying there this week and finally with teams implementing upgrade packages let's hope we can see a change in the run of things from the Red Bulls the Aston Martins and dealers choice of Joe Hulk and Sargent so if you're looking for a wild card maybe pop them in thanks Amic so in a new fun segment we have this week, we're going to do headline challenge. So it's going to be fill in the blanks. I'm going to ask the guys to fill in the blanks of these headlines. Some are relevant and some are a little bit more old school. Um, so you can play along at home if you want. So the first headline, here we go. FIA chief reveals blank blank in talks to combat major F1 problem. Batman. Yeah, I was going to say it's a person. Uh, no. Great answer though. 
The FAA, Superman. It's think of that kind of realm. Wait, well, not what? really, but think super villain versus superhero. Jeff Bezos. No. The Elon. Joker. The Joker. No, but that is also good. Elon Musk. Ding, 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 ding. Was oh, it actually? FIA chief reveals Elon Musk in talks to combat major F1 problem. As in, did he just reveal him? Or as in that he's going to help right? <laughs> Or was he just standing behind like a curtain? As a Bear in mind, some of these are like, this This is from GP what? Fans website. Oh. <laughs> so some of them are a bit... Did funny. you read the article behind that? It sounds like... Yeah. No, of course it didn't. <laughs> I'll be ready for headline number two. Yes. Formula One drivers criticise Miami GP for blank... Pre-race razzmatazz. Firstly, can I say, why don't we use the word razzmatazz anymore? Because that is amazing. Is that what a, a word? word? Yeah. Exciting, enjoyable, and not remotely cringeworthy? Surprisingly, no. Is cringeworthy correct? No. You're kind of <laughs> oh, in the yeah. right realm, Cr- though. Cringeworthy is one word, right? Think yeah. of a more polite way. This is from The Guardian. So think of a more Guardian polite way of saying that. Of saying cringeworthy? Yeah. Cringeworthy. <laughs> <laughs> It's not funny. It's just like very well Bad, put. Poor. Terrible. Formula One drivers oh, criticise Miami GP for distract- crack. <laughs> distracting pre-race razzmatazz. Uh, okay, oh. yeah. Yeah. See, razzmatazz. I really should have actually blanked out razzmatazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have gotten that. So much better. <laughs> Fans, blast Miami GP crowd. So blank. American. Fetch. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Streets ahead. <laughs> so. Britney Spears. Oh. Genie in a bottle. <laughs> Take that's not the right answer then. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what? No, I think I. I oh, Nicole is screaming right now. I don't want to say it now because. Hit me, baby, one more time. No. Oh my God. Man in the mirror. Toxic. Yes, thank you. Man in the mirror. I didn't even realise it was meant to be a song. Well, she oh was humming it. Oh, I, I did. I was well, you don't hang out you. with boys. I was they just looking at you doing this. <laughs> Finger guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is pretty American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fans blast Miami GP crowd. So toxic. Ralph Schumacher, blank, blank, in quotation marks. By F1 security as Jensen Button also collared. Can I just change the article completely and it's Ralph Schumacher, irrelevant man. What do you think what do you think the security did to him that correctly ejected? <laughs> That's actually good. Grammatically corrected. Yeah. When Ralph Schumacher blank blank by F1 security. Was it at the Miami Grampy? Yeah. Accosted. Uh actually quite close. You're one you're one word short, but it's the same vibe. Violently accosted. Oh, very close. Very Violently close. assaulted. Very close. Gently assaulted. It's like in that realm of it's way too dramatic for what it is. Essentially assaulted. <laughs> Effectively assaulted. murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I think that word is assassinated. <laughs> yeah. Ralph Schumacher brutally pushed by everyone. <laughs> <laughs> by F1 security as Jensen Button also collared. Oh my god <laughs> Told you it was dramatic Yeah Thank you very much guys For playing my Fill in the blanks game If you enjoyed that Or if you have any Good headlines that you see Please Please send them on to us at Did you watch the race On our Instagram Alright we're going to finish up With a bit of F pun What's our topic for this week It's drinks Ah Hashtag drink aware 
Pierre Pierre-Guinnessy. That's actually not that bad considering you just made that up. Uh, Joe Hito. <laughs> mm. Fastest lap pint. What? what? Oh, pint instead of point. Yes. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Gemma. Uh, nice. Before the feature race, you have the spint race. <laughs> <laughs> the spint. Spirit race? No. Uh, yeah. This one is also bad. So do you remember these uh, Bacardi de Vries? Remember Bacardi Breezes? Oh, oh yeah. Bacardi de Vries. I was trying to I was trying to I was trying to make Bacardi fit with Nick. I was like, what? <laughs> or you could have a nice Kimint julep. Yeah. Kimmy Kimint. I know enough drinks for this. No, I had to Google a few. <laughs> uh, Ruben's Bacardi Kello. Bacardi Kello? Yeah. Bacardi Kello? That works. Yeah. And um, we obviously have the Jack Daniel Ricardo. Uh, oh. This one is kind of just like more medication than a drink, but maybe you'd have it after a couple of drinks. An Alka Seinzer. Yeah. <laughs> Martini Brundle. Hey, hey, oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Aston Martini. Same, same joke. <laughs> yeah. Apparently there's something called a Lotus Martini as well, which I thought was apt. Oh. Mm. Oh, yeah. This one is... this. So I have to remember how to pronounce this. Uh, Sudona instead of Sidona. Oh, Sudona. Yeah, yeah. You've Alex Al Bourbon. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, it's like Sonoda uh, water. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. Or you could have Estevian water. Estevian. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Another Albon one. Wine. <laughs> What? What? <laughs> I get that one. He whines a lot. Yeah. <laughs> These guys risk me too hard. I have a few listener ones. The listeners. Shout out to the listeners. Yeah. You had some good actually. ones. You had some good ones. So we have Sebastian Kettle, one vodka. Oh, damn it. Which is actually very good. Yeah. Someone had a UK one. You know, this person's living in Belfast. Bit of a UK one, Tango Norris, which I think is actually good. <laughs> Like that, yeah. Lewis Hammerton, like hammered, like you're drunk. Ah, uh, oh, like so after you've drank. After you drank. Yeah, anything related to drinking, I guess. Your Carlos wines. That's <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's good. And then your Nico Cronenberg. Is that a beer? Cronenberg is it? Cronenberg. No, Cronenberg. K R O N. I feel like Cronenberg is a beer. I think I thought came from Killian, so it probably is. I think Cron was Cronenberg not like. Like it's in Rick and Morty. Morty yeah. I think it's also a beard. Oh, okay. Beard. A, a beard? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Killian has one of those. Nicole, um, shout out to Nicole, aka Coley Illustrations, who is not only a talented illustrator, but also a talented pun queen. We're going to just give a few shout outs because she sent 75. Holy. Sh- no, she didn't. She sent like eight. Um, Mountain Jewmacher. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> Iron Brewmacher. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> These are so good. Strawberry Valtteri instead of a strawberry daiquiri. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. UT Sonoda. That's very good. Also, she had da- Jack Daniel Ricardo. Brewis Hamilton. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a pretty good one. Mm. Aston Martini. That's We had that already. Long Island Nick DeVries. <laughs> <laughs> She's running out of steam at this point. I think that's the best one. <laughs> and no, Michael, that is so not wine. <laughs> so I have another couple here. Czech Coke Perez. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. And then another one is Czech Coca-Cola. <laughs> I quite like that one, actually. Depending on which way you want it. For some reason, I was thinking Kevin Magnuson. Magnoni or something. Magners. Oh, Kevin, Kevin Magners. Kevin Magners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
um, Pepsi Max for Stefan. And then when he crosses the border, he's Kevin Bulmers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one is a Pepsi Max for Stefan. Yeah. I like that. Here's quite a good one, actually. Esteban. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that was really Australia. good. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Adrian Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we missed a really obvious one that's not here. What? Red Bull. <laughs> oh. uh, this one's Fred Bulbasaur. Yeah. Uh, Can I make a combination one of a song and a driver and a drink? If we say no, will you still do it anyway? anyway? But uh, champagne supernoda. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Thank you very much, everyone, for your suggestions. Make sure to keep sending them in week by week. I think we're going to get back to doing F pun a bit more regularly. We haven't uh, sticked to it for the last while, so we'll be having that on our Instagram again soon. Let us know what you think of the new segment, fill in the blanks. That'll be all from us this week, folks. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in. We'll be back next Wednesday with our race review, so keep an eye out for that episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. It really helps if you leave us a review as well, and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch the Race, all one word. And while you're there, be sure to check out Coley Illustrations, who does all of our lovely artwork. So be sure to check her out. So thanks for listening. I've been Colm. I've been Jason. I've been Gemma. And we we'll talk to you next Wednesday. So, guys, did you watch the race? Watch the highlights. I also watched the highlights with you. <laughs> yeah. Did I? It was very tasty. Did you watch the... So you didn't watch the race? There was no last race year. Watch. Last year we watched the race, yeah. Did oh, you shit, w- yeah, because, sorry, that, we're that not doing a race. When... <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought... I, thought, I thought you realised. I thought you were just, like, asking the question. Yeah, I thought you were just taking the piss. <laughs>